Today's guest on Fashion for All, the Smart Glamour podcast is Bethany Nicole. Bethany falls under the model category of types of guests we'll be chatting with on the podcast. I'll let her introduce herself properly. We had about how diversity, equity, and inclusion have become new corporate trends, her modeling journey with Smart Glamour, owning who you are and what you're good at, and how she'd like to see the fashion industry and all industries change for the better. Enjoy our conversation. Hi there. Hi, hi. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, Mallory, my friend. Yay. Could you please introduce yourself? Well, hello, everyone. I am Bethany Nicole, um, workplace experience coordinator by day, um, writer, activist, Black lady, all the time. <laughs> Love it. Um, so I'm definitely going to get into a bunch of those uh, qualifiers that you just gave yourself. But first, I'm going to ask, uh, which is a question I ask all my smart glamour model babes that come on here of which you are so you did not list model do you call yourself a model and why or why not it's funny because yes i do but quite literally because of smart glamour is the answer to that question if smart glamour had never been a thing the answer to that question would be unequivocally no right (laughs) no um a, a model is not one of the top five things I am, right? Like, it's not one of the first qualifiers that I'm going to give myself. But I am actually a model. I have, like, let people take pictures of my body on real <laughs> runways. And, like, sometimes even for money. Get that. Look at me. So, I mean, mm-hmm. yes, actually, I am a model. Um, And I put the qualifier on model that I'm a body positive model and I say that because when you say model in 2021 people's minds go to a very specific thing mm-hmm. and I'm not that mm. hmm. so speaking of that for folks that are not watching the video version of this and they are just listening could you describe your appearance so I am a bodacious five foot nine black woman <laughs> <laughs> pretty bald right now but still rocking it okay you know i am curvy i don't know i honestly we've been in quarantine for more than a year mallory i have no idea how much i weigh i don't know any of those like things but i feel great so mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right but i'm not like straight sized by any means the last time you measured me i think i was around like a size somewhere between a 12 and a 14 I would say, Mm -hmm. and I might be somewhere between like a 10 and a 12 now, but like, I don't even really know or really care. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't have like that hip to waist to bust ratio that people are looking for. There's lots of jiggle. You know what I mean? (laughs) You know? Okay. Yeah. I would say that most of the time when I measure you, you kind of live right between the straight size and plus size. Right. I straddle the line. That is quite literally me in any form. (laughs) I'm I'm like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm," right there. Um, So can you say again the title of what what you do during the day? Um, Workplace experience coordinator. That's what I do. That's my my day job. Right. What does that mean? (laughs) Um, 
the long and the short of it is my position is a really, really specific hybrid position that is a mixture of like people operations, facilities, but on the strategy side of things, because Bethany doesn't pick things up or put them down, darling. No, but more like (laughs) making sure that our um, workplace experience package is the same across companies, making sure that we have like um, uh, workspaces that meet health and safety guidelines for the various places that they're supposed to be in. But because our office is so small, there's also crossover with like DEI stuff and which is diversity, equity, and inclusion, like programming. I'm in charge of the culture calendar. I'm in charge of like internal milestones and making sure that people's like birthdays and anniversaries and things of that nature get celebrated. So I'm just Hmm. like, right. I'm, (laughs) I run shit is what I do for a living. (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, that definitely seems like a job that is, um, well suited for you i must say i appreciate that you're very good at it yeah i'm trying to do more work that is specific to employee resource groups because Mm -hmm. you know we're in a a post black square universe now where suddenly every company realizes that black people exist and that asian people exist as of two days ago and like Mm -hmm. oh god and so we're having these reactions to what's going on in our society and we and by we i mean the companies themselves are trying to co-sign spaces that already existed or they're trying to like create these new safe spaces except no because you don't know what you're talking about and if you i'm gonna be really honest if you were racist three Mm -hmm. minutes ago i don't want your safe space because you don't know how to build it Right. Right. I think that's, that's, uh, I think one of the first things I thought about back when the black square situation was going on, and I don't mean the entire movement, I mean, specifically the black square situation. Um, because I was like, okay, all of these businesses are going to be like, we need to do this now because everyone cares now. And that's what, you know, people with money care about. But then it's like, what even is this? What even is uh, this? uh, We need to do this This in quotes. Yes. Mm -hmm. What is it that you Mm -hmm. need to do now? Right. Uploading anything on Beyonce's internet is not the work. (laughs) Beyonce's internet. Yeah, it's not. and it's like, just like if you can put it in a status, right. it doesn't really it's performative probably. Yeah. I mean, I think there's there's a little bit of um stuff on the internet that is good and especially for folks who like it's not accessible to them to do otherwise. Great. Um but when we're talking about companies specifically Specifically from um, a company, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, like you said, that if you, if you were racist three minutes ago, or anything three minutes ago, if you were fat phobic three minutes ago, um, if you were ableist three minutes ago, yeah, then just just putting up some kind of a statement is not going to do anything to change the structure of the company that you already own or run or set up. It's insane. Or- and you see it in fashion as well, right? It's all just mm-hmm. lip service. You'll have people and they'll come out and they'll say, we're standing in solidarity with 
Okay, right. Bethany, it's it's a little early for me, but like we're standing in solidarity with the body positivity movement. <clears throat> Our company is we we we're inclusive sized, and they stop <laughs> at a tr- triple XL, and it's mm-hmm, just like. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me that you cater to all bodies and there's bodies that you don't cater to. It's literally mm-hmm. just performative. If you are a company mm-hmm. who is utilizing body positive hashtags or ethical hashtags and utilizing sweatshops, like where's the disconnect? It's like, how can you be <laughs> telling me, how dare you upload a black square to Instagram and refuse to promote mm-hmm. your African-American colleagues? internally mm-hmm mm-hmm right 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 I just, and like all of that is just like immediately or I went to I was like this is gonna be such a mess because I mean for lots of reasons I was specifically thinking about like um obviously through the lens of fashion because that's the world I live in but just how all these brands are just gonna like start feeling like they quote unquote need to have like a more diverse uh model grouping but if you don't have like the care and the forethought thought and the the actions um to take care of those people then like the people that are going to end up getting hurt are those people right it's abusive Mm -hmm. i say that all the time like collectively speaking that's what everyone wants to do is instantly as soon two things happen when we start talking about diversity and inclusion Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. first of all it's always diversity and inclusion and everybody takes the E, which is equity out of it, which just, come on, people, don't make me upset. Um, right. And that's not even the thing. What happens first is they go, okay, let's do um, bias training and then mm-hmm. let's diversify our hiring pipeline. In fashion, that's let's get more diverse models. In whatever else, it's like, let's just hire more, insert whatever type of people here. Except... Mm-hmm. If you don't have systems in place that nurture, insert demographic group here, all you're doing is signing up to abuse more people like that. That's literally, let me just bring more people into my system of brokenness. I will ask none of the people why they don't stay here. Black people run from my company every quarter. Let's hire more. It's ridiculous. What's wrong with you? Just like don't. what's wrong with them is that they just the the way they stop after caring like did I do the right thing to make it look like I care right it's not about did I do the right thing it's not even it's also not a- approaching with an understanding of the underlying problem and there's a disconnect with this either the severity of the underlying problem or like the validity of the underlying problem. Because Mm -hmm, the truth mm -hmm. of the matter is, you just honestly don't care enough about fat people. Right. You just honestly don't think that fat people deserve as much as they do. You don't think black people deserve it. Like, that's just when you really boil it all down, you're just like, I don't think that we should be doing this. Because if we do this, then that means that fat people just get to have clothes, pretty clothes, ugly clothes, mediocre clothes, clothes that are like fitting their bodies, clothes that are in fashion, clothes that cover them up, Uh clothes that expose them. They could just have clothes at regular prices that could be catered to their bodies. And I don't think Mm -hmm. that we should do that. I just don't think we should do that. Right. And I I mean, they might as well say that. 
for thinking that is the truth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's whenever people ask me like, oh, why don't other brands like make clothes for everyone? I'm like, because they don't think everyone should have them. Yeah. (laughs) Or if they think other people should have them, they don't, they don't want that for them more than they are willing to cut corners to increase their own bottom line. Like increasing your own bottom line at the expense of whoever else is the Mm -hmm. thing that we do as a society that allows us to live that double negative. Like, no, I don't actually, like if you were to ask me, I don't actually think that fat people should wear burlap sacks. I don't think that, but in order to do what we need to do for people who are like size 4X and beyond within the price point that we need, that will cost me like 62 cents at front. And I'm, mm-hmm. I don't, I want them to have things, but not for 62 cents up front. Well, most of them don't need, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and take it a step further and say that most fashion, um, executives don't actually care if they have things or not. They only care about if they're going to sell and if they're going to make money back on it or not. And like in corporate fashion where I worked, I mean, I know, I think people are hearing us say like 62 cents and thinking that we're being hyperbolic. Like it's actually even less than that. Like they're like, they're arguing and fighting over pennies. 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 It's literally pennies when you crunch the numbers. And I'm just like, the thing that boggles my mind is like, my disconnect is do you not think fat people have money like do you not think <laughs> that, like what do you mean there's no return on investment like the streets are screaming <laughs> the right, streets are right. hot for clothes and i'm just like why yeah. won't you just make i just don't i mean maybe i'm bugging out i just you're not bugging out i can't see no, in straight not. lines or i would be a seamstress myself okay <laughs> y'all don't want me to make clothes for you they would be lopsided <laughs> a little off but no i totally feel it and it's 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 a really bizarre thing to me in all Mm -hmm, honesty mm -hmm. that disconnect because it happens in so many different ways and i don't it's my least favorite thing it's my least favorite thing where people can sit inside of themselves and have a disconnect from how their actions what their actions manifest in terms of meaning. If you're completely willing to behave and be a part of this system, that literally means that you're okay with the objectification of all of these other people. Mm -hmm. And people can just be like, no, no, I'm not. No, what? Yeah. I think that's It's very easy to like- Blinders. Do this. I'm covering my eyes for folks who are just listening. Uh, Well, let's circle back to- modeling stuff so i was actually before we got on this call trying to remember the very first thing that you did was it summer 2015 that seems weird is that correct i'm okay first of all i'm so bad with like going back in time because yeah i I literally just today realized that i had a facebook reminded me that i had a friendship and that it was like 10 year anniversary and i was like what how could I have known <laughs> what what we've been out of college for an entire decade? The madness. Mm. That's insane mm-hmm. to me. But 2015 does sound right. I know that we did. We met. 
we met at Girls Right Now, and I feel like we did something together immediately after that. What was the thing? Smile. Si- okay. Same size. Different, oh, no. oh, same size, different eyes. Was that yes, it? Yes, yes. Yeah, where we measured oh, people uh, in the no. street. Wait, wait, wait. That was Measure Me Beautiful. Measure and Me came up Beautiful. With a for that. Yes. Okay. I totally forgot that we met at Girls Right Now. That's That's the part that I forgot. See? Right, 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 right. Because then we just became friends and then we start then you wonderfully came up with measure me beautiful hashtag correct then you then i had my store and you and alicia came in and then i and then i did summer 2015 and that's the first time that you modeled that is the trajectory we did it (laughs) the trajectory we figured it out boo boo (laughs) that was such a moment both times that was a moment for me what, what I, times loved, I loved both the Measure Me Beautiful campaign. I just, mm. it was just so tangible and hands-on. Like, the thing that I love about you, Mallory, is you're just like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. I don't care. What? What do we need? I'll make it myself. Tell me what we need, and I will go to Michael's, and I will go to the fabric store, and tomorrow morning, all of those things will be handcrafted. <laughs> and then I will just show up there. And maybe yeah. there will be wine and Beyonce. <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> I just, hanging with you is great for just, I, anyway, you're just a get her done type of gal. And we really just had a couple of conversations about Measure Me Beautiful. And then we had a pop-up stand in the park with a bunch of t-shirts and a whole like, pr- like it was a thing. And I was just like, well, look at us mm-hmm. go. Look at, look at this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then yeah. the summer video for- that was just so much fun oh that was such a fun day well so first of all for folks that have no idea what we're talking about the measurement beautiful was like the first campaign thing that i did that had a name to it which bethany came up with the name um and it was about uh trying to remove the stigma around being afraid of your measurements um this is this was you know 2015 this was very early on in like body positivity becoming a mainstream idea like it was just not really yet um it was like creeping up on the internet yeah um very early stages not to say that fat liberation has been around for a long long time but this like new resurgence of like people on the internet and social media caring about talking about bodies um and yeah i made a billion tank tops and i like screen printed on them and then we went to the park and we handed them out and we measured people. And then we started a challenge and people would send in their measurements. Yeah, it was a whole thing. It was a whole but vibe. Then the summer campaign. So that was the second summer. Yeah, second summer collection. It was also the second bathing suit collection, but it was the first time I did bathing suits in summer in the same uh, same collection. And we went upstate and we went swimming and we had some drinks out of a fun colored <laughs> pitcher thing pitcher yeah. and it was and we had fun house of korea sunglasses and oh, it was a great time it was a great time that's the thing about smart glamour and that is your working with you and modeling with you is was almost like a therapeutic thing that happened in my life right So I am a person who has a chronic illness. And because of that, I struggle with like 
serious fatigue. I struggle with like, there are just times when I just don't even feel like it, like feel like it when it, and when I say it, what that boils down to is performing femininity outside right? Where it's like, you've Mm got to be beautiful and you've got to be kind and you've got to be like on and you've got to be like, sometimes I don't really have the energy for that. And sometimes my body physically does not want to do that. Like physically does not Mm want to do that. But, and Mm -hmm. then I started working with you and because I didn't start off as a model, it was more like I was on the back end and we were doing like marketing stuff. I got to understand sort of your position, your like ethos. Mm. And that really went to work on my own mind about like, how do I feel about my body? How do I show up in my body in this space? And what is the relationship that exists between me, my body and the clothes that I put on my body? And I was just like, Mm -hmm. in all honesty, you don't even have a style right now. You wear like whatever you think looks good circle back to like I'm flattered campaign I had really internalized a lot of that stuff and it's just like I wasn't wearing these things because I liked them necessarily I was wearing them because they were flattering on me right right and then you throw in poverty into the mix growing up as a poor Mm. person and having Mm -hmm. to do like really fast fashion and not having anything that was ever of enough quality so that it hung properly things like undergarment structure, then feeling mm-hmm. like decolonizing your thinking to, do you need undergarment structure? Do you need to structure <laughs> your body? Like, mm, what? Right? There was a whole <laughs> process. But what right. modeling turned out to be was arriving at a location that was cute, hearing some Beyonce, putting on some cute ass clothes and going, yes, work it for, and like being me backstage is what it was. We're putting on clothes, we're frolicking, we're dancing and I'm just getting Mm -hmm. to compliment people at top volume. And I just feel, (laughs) I was just like, girl, I'm a model now. I've been in New York. Like, how are you going to tell me? I did New York Fashion Week, right? That's my shit, I think. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've been photographed in a lookbook, darling. That's that's model yes. stuff. I've been on the own channel commercial. That's modeling stuff. That's stuff. Like I can say. Yes. Oxygen. Yes. You know? Yes. Things have happened. That's right. That's right. And oh, it just man, completely man. changed things for me. I'm just like, listen, sis, if you can be a person who has all of this stuff casually on their resume, because let's not pretend that I'm somebody who is in the modeling industry, was going after modeling or like, I wasn't in these spaces. This isn't something that I was searching for. But if I can casually have these things on my resume, if I can casually have stepped into this world and done this thing, then I get to call myself a model. Period. Mm -hmm. End of story. Like, I I own that. Yeah. One check me, boo. Nobody. (laughs) You basically just like answered like uh, two questions that I ask, and you just did it without me asking them. I'm terrible at that. I do that all the time. No, that's great. You just you just intuitively knew what I was going to talk about, and you did it. So great. It happens (laughs) like that, and it's just that's I love Smart Glimmer's brand for that reason because it's more than just the clothes. It's about Mm -hmm. the mindset 
behind the clothes. And you do this really awesome thing where it's like everybody's mindset behind the clothes. Yours, when you're coming into the shop to put the clothes on, the mindset of people is they're just casually scrolling and looking at other people's bodies on the internet. Like, are you Mm -hmm. respecting the models? Are you respecting the um, craftsmen who made those clothes? Like, the cultures from which the designs are inspired? Like, are you paying attention? And then it's also like the companies and corporations, like, are you guys paying attention to the market, the people, the bodies, the, the anything? And mm-hmm. it shouldn't be, but it is activism to have all of those things embroiled into one. The fact that mm-hmm. you don't Photoshop your models, mm-hmm. like the fact that there's no mandatory shapewear underneath anything is I, mm-hmm. like somehow transformational in this industry. When you send us the sheet, I don't know even what they call it because I don't even know what even know what it is. But like when you send us the pre-read material when we're coming to a shoot uh-huh. where it's just like I need like this kind of shoe, I need this kind of whatever. We're doing jewelry, not too much jewelry, Bethany. Don't do that thing. You're not styling it for yourself, <laughs> right? There's never be sure to bring spanks, bring sure like we need we stockings, shave your legs, body hair modifications, makeup must no. no. You're literally just like, so the dress is blue. Please don't wear <laughs> green shoes. Or do if it makes sense with the pop of color. But only if it makes yeah. sense with the pop of color. We have a vision, darling. We're doing something. <laughs> I just want it to look nice. And that's all. Right. It, but still right. like you. Come mm-hmm. to the, you are just like, bring yourself to the shoot and you leave it on the models to decide how they want to present themselves. Mm-hmm. And then you just mm-hmm. capture that. Yep. That's like therapy. Yep. However you choose to show up, however you choose to bring yourself into that room is worthy of being captured. Boom. You're a model yep. now. That's it. All you Correct. did was show up. Yep. Love that for me. Love that for all of us. I want that for all of you. Next casting call. (laughs) I'm telling you that you need to come down and do a smart glamour casting. When we are out of this Ponderosa. Yes. I can't wait. That's my, I I'm leaving time (sighs) for a smart glamour photo shoot. I know. I know. I miss it so much. I mean, even the fact that, uh, I don't make you take your glasses off. Legit. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just like, why is that a thing? Because or glare, like, I, because I'm not yeah, a great I photographer. I don't know. I don't understand. I don't understand. Or like you don't have to wear heels. Right. Like those should not be, you know, a big big deals, but they are there. And it's little things like that in every workplace. Fashion is so interesting because clothes <laughs> we always have to wear them and we have to wear them everywhere. And so fashion is intersected into absolutely everything that is everything. And I'm just thinking about like workplace cultures and I'm thinking about the lack of equity behind and the elitism that just exists behind professional, just being professional. What does it mean Mm. to be professional? Mm. When you're telling somebody that they need to be more professional, you're saying, I would like you to align yourself more along with the queen's english i would like you to straighten your hair i would like you to colonize your language i would like you to tone down your culture and assimilate some more and 
I would li- like, that is literally what you are saying when you're talking about being more professional. When you're talking, when you look at it through a clothing lens, it's, a, it's, it's, um, what, what's the word? I'm thinking modesty, but that's not exactly what I'm going for, but let's go with it just for the sake of time. You're forcing modesty on people. It's like the length of your skirt that matters. It's about, and then there's elitism in it as well, because not everybody can wear heels. That's so ableist. Right. When I'm having a flare up, if you want me to wear high heel shoes, I would rather die. Um, I just, I can't do it. And then some of these things, literally performing femininity again is so expensive is the other thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can't Mm -hmm. actually perform femininity to the degree that it is demanded societally when you are poor. Right. And I had to have a whole ass therapy session about that. And it's whole poor people who can't even afford the therapy session. Okay. Like it's, Right. It's right. It's levels. Barriers, not barriers. <laughs> it's really levels to this. It's really levels to this. Like mm-hmm. something as simple as these makeup habits are put are sending people into debt. The amount of makeup that you need, that you need, I'm mm-hmm. using air quotes for all of the people who are doing audio only. The air the makeup uh-huh. that you need will run you hundreds of dollars a quarter to maintain if you are going to wear it every day when you leave the house. Are you kidding right. me? I went out of my house to run errands yesterday for the first time, right? I've been in quarantine for more than a year. And so I really got dressed, child. We wasn't going to do nothing. And I got (laughs) dressed. I beat my face. I wear glasses and I still did like eye makeup, okay? I did all that, all that. And by the time I was Mm -hmm. done, I was like, ooh, child, this is too much. This is just too much. I just, I love the look, okay? I'm still a Leo son. I want to be snatched for the gods, all that stuff, but not if I got to do it. <laughs> I need a person. I need a, I need a, I need a person for that because I got 12 minutes on the face beat and doing mm-hmm. eyes and contour and like highlight and color correcting and brows. First of all, <laughs> My brows do whatever they are going to do, okay? They don't even always appear. They do whatever they want. I can't. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I can't mm-hmm. see in straight lines. If I need to learn how to paint in order to make my face happen, I don't foresee that being a thing. I'm very lazy. I'm very, very lazy. And it's like I do want to look like that. Shame on me or not. It's like, that's hot. Mm-hmm. I love the way I look with a full face B. I'd be like, yeah, it's queen. But I'm not, I just don't care enough to do it myself every day. I would rather mm-hmm. spend that money on food. <laughs> same. Are you kidding same. me? Hard same. Palettes are expensive. And nobody even looks at my even... eyes with these glasses. Nobody even knows what color my eyes are. Anyway. I've never really thought about the cost of makeup, but that's, I just think about makeup in general, but because um, I barely wear any center, at least think about the price, but that's ugh, absolutely so true. And it's so interesting because obviously I very strongly believe that like do whatever you want, wear whatever you want. If you feel the best wearing lots of makeup, please do so. Um, but I do think it's important for everyone to kind of like think about why they do the things that they do. And then make a decision on if they're going to keep doing it based on that conversation you have with yourself. Right. You know, that's why I'm very intentional about the verbiage performing femininity. Right. 
because that's the part that tires me out. Not looking pretty. Mm. Looking pretty doesn't drain me at all. I love being gorgeous, but performing (laughs) femininity is the Uh most tiring shit. I just want to be myself in what I think looks good. As soon as it's about you and your opinion and your validation, that's so draining because to be honest, to be completely frank, I don't give a shit. Right. Right. I know I'm supposed to. And doing that, playing that game is super tiring. I just want to put on what I want. And sometimes what I want is two contrasting floral prints and a big hat. And sometimes what I want to wear is a muumuu with no bra. And some really (laughs) fuzzy socks. And I think that I should be allowed to live in both extremes. I really do. I really do. And have it be fine. As long as I'm happy and comfortable to show up in my own body, that should be a-okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Could not agree more. That's a I smart glimmer vibe, people. That's <laughs> true. Um, so I also want to circle back to you saying that you're a writer. Yeah. Um, so what what do you write? And why do you write? I... Okay. So me being a writer, I'm actually in the process of publishing my first published work right now. It is a, thank you. I'm like very excited. It is a um, niche uh, corporate guide that is about launching effective employee resource groups. Because again, you know, ever since George Floyd's murder in 2020, Companies got very reactive. We had Black Square moments. We had this new uprising of needs for these spaces. And nobody knows how to run them. The spaces already exist. I don't... I'm, if there are more than two Black people, gay people, women people at your job, there's already a small clique wherein those <laughs> people are communicating yeah. separately and outside the formal channels those people are already talking Uh to each other and whether or not those groups are official employee resource groups or not those spaces need structure and they need to be recognized for what they are companies and organizations need to understand that they exist blah 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 blah. so that's the Mm. book that i'm writing now it's called the affinity guide and it is dropping literally on april 1st which is at the time of this recording like the day after tomorrow child um yeah so it'll already be out when you're listening to this exactly it'll be out and you can find it at theaffinityguide.com um but i consider myself a writer and i actually had to sort of go on a journey with claiming writer as a title for myself prior Mm. to being published um Mm. but writing is something that has all is the craft that i have most consistently poured into for like the duration of my life I have always been a writer. I write stories. I write articles. I write blog posts. I write internal communications. I have written, you know, for, I all all I do is is write things. And so I'm mm-hmm. also in the process of um, writing my memoir and one of the side businesses that I run is I run a couple of book clubs, um, mm-hmm. and in those book club communities, I found a lot of people who are also 
trying to write stories, write memoirs, write pieces of work. And so I'm also putting together a sort of like Black writers workshop moment Mm. that Mm -hmm. is going to be launching at some point next quarter after the Affinity Guide drops and we see what that's going to look like. But yeah, um, I definitely had to go on a, on a journey with the term writer, but I claim it for myself now because in addition to um, being published soon, I claimed it even before I did anything regarding publishing because I mm-hmm. decided that the thing that makes me a writer is the fact that I write all the time with intention. Right. And I, mm-hmm. it sustains me still, even though I d- it's not as... Um, hand to mouth as you know I've written a book and people pay me for the book although that's about to be true um but you know I write things for a living all the time I started off as a copywriter when you and I met I uh, like I exchange written words for authority and money all the time that that that's where I'm at right 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 Yay. yay I'm so excited for you for all of those things. Um, <laughs> and I also, yeah, I think that's really interesting that you brought up, um, you know, going through the journey of like, whether or not to call yourself, yourself that that's like, very, seems very tangential to our whole model conversation. I think um, sometimes society has placed such a, a weight and a, a specific meaning to certain words that sometimes you feel like you can't claim them. Like they're not, they're not for you. Even, even as you're physically doing the thing that that word means. (laughs) It's this weird relationship that we have with like external validation. Mm -hmm. And the last year and has forced so much introspection that I've like really given this a lot of thought, like how often we do things for the purpose of other people to affirm us, right? The reason there was hesitation about calling myself a writer, even though I wake up first thing in the morning and what I do is write words on a piece of paper is because no one had paid me. I hadn't been published in anything. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like, there was a question about whether or not I could call myself a writer if I hadn't been validated by these external sources. And that whole give and take is literally the whole the whole shebang, no matter where you look at it from. And no, I, I have always been able to take a step back. And that was something that was really interesting about writing the Affinity Guide, right? Like at the end of it, when I had was getting ready to send it off to my editor, I was like, well, damn, girl, you know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> like it's written mm-hmm. right there in really well formatted black and white. You wrote, you literally wrote the book on it, child. Like, and as a person who struggles with like imposter syndrome and can I be an authority on this? If, you know, I don't have a degree, if I'm the only black person in the room, if if anything. And then there just comes a moment where you look back and you're like, Bethany, you've been in this, you've been doing this work 
for a decade already. You've been doing this work since before this work had a hashtag, since before this work had a job title or a job spec to go with it, when it was just ad hoc stuff that they were asking you to do because you were the resident Black queer expert in the room. Mm. Mm-hmm. You've been doing this work, sis. So, right. and look at all you know. Look at all that you can, like, you just, you wrote all of this stuff and you cited back to sort. Like, it's not, once you write it down and you, I stand at the end of each of these different arenas, modeling, body positivity in general, writing, um, just my professional development journey. And I mm-hmm. realize that even when you take away the external validation, even if I never get promoted at work, even if they don't change my title, even if I never get published, I have accomplished what I have accomplished and no one can take those things away from me. I know what I know. I've done what I've done and I am who I am. Mm-hmm. And you can put that on a t-shirt and sell it. <laughs> I love that so much. Um, So I would usually ask what we'd like to see change in the industries that we've discussed, but I feel like that's kind of all we talked about. (laughs) I would also like like to see more black people. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about that. I would also just like to see more black people and I would like to see different black people because we're Mm. finally at a stage where Everybody knows that there should be black people in the room. Mm-hmm. But it's like we have two arch- archetypes. How do you say that word? Archetypes? Ar- whatever. Arch- arch- I think it's archetypes. That one. <laughs> Avatars. How about that? Come on, sit in there. There are two <laughs> avatars for what kind of person that you want it to be for each gender. We do not have mm. any space in corporate America for like. Y'all don't care about trans people at all. That where the fat black people at? Where's the neurodivergent black people at? Where's the where's the ghetto black people at? Where are the black people who sound like me in these meetings? Like just because, like, can we just decolonize the workplace in its entirety? Just because I talk with my regular vernacular does not mean that I will not read you for filth and that I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I saw a TikTok that was like having that made a song about having colored hair doesn't make you unprofessional. And as someone who just oh. shaved their head bald and then dyed the new growth green, I'm just like, yes, yes, I can read these contracts with my green hair and my attitude. And I have mm-hmm. a 78 word per minute average despite my coffin full set. Like, mind your business, bro. Right. Mind your business. Right. I would just like right. for us to completely change what we think about when we think about professional black people like remove the respectability politics from the conversation like are you imagining somebody in a wheelchair with timberlands and constructs on no you're not you're literally not are you imagining a pansexual androgynous human in a dress no you're not right 
You're, you're mm-hmm. just, the, you're not, when you are just like, we need to have more black people in the room. You're talking about a medium paperback brown woman with a perm or like Tracy Ellis Ross coils. That's the kink y'all like. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And you want a dude who is black, but not super threatening, right? Like he can't be too jacked and he can't be too dark and he should probably be bald. Come on, we don't all look like that. That's not... Mm-hmm. Let's just mm-hmm. let's just leave room. Let's just leave room for people who look any old type of way. Mm-hmm. Who've been from any old type of place. Forget... Just... just it's all so elitist. And, and, and I've never understood... Point. I've never understood how these people even not so like take them take the moral correctness out of it which i clearly believe in but if you just look at how much if you're coming from it from like a you know bottom line corporate standard people will do better work when they feel safe and comfortable and like themselves and i don't understand why that has not been like an agreed upon thing yet like they think that things are quote unquote distracting when in reality by trying to switch into boxes it's that same disconnect it's that same disconnect where it's just like they literally don't believe that it's happening i look in all of these again uh, the dei thing is a craze right Mm -hmm. now and everybody's hiring for diversity equity and inclusion roles and you'll see any number of job specs for all of this stuff but when you come to these companies when you when they ask me to look at or assess what's going on they don't actually want to assess what's going on they want to do implicit bias training right right. that's not going to help anybody you know who doesn't need implicit bias training oppressed people (laughs) right you know right. who absolutely is going to gain nothing from watching that DEI video that everybody loves so much where they start off, they're getting ready to run a race and they start off and you get to take one step forward based on how many privileges you have. You know who hates that? Uh, the person who didn't get to take any steps. Right. <laughs> the person who listened to oh, you man. rattle off that long ass list of reasons why you could step forward and none of them applied. And yeah, that was just a lovely confirmation that I'm not shit. Like, come on. It's like, and it doesn't occur to you. I'm literally telling you that you will go to these companies and you will be like, okay, so let's, let's talk to the black people in your organization. Same with these people who sit down and say, you know, in my day, we didn't see color in my neighborhood, my neighborhood. We, we all just got along. I'm just like, I bet you if we went back to your neighborhood and we interviewed the Johnsons, if we interviewed the black mm-hmm. families, they would be like, listen, the peace came mm-hmm. at my silence. We had to assimilate um, and swallow our pride. And it wasn't that peaceful for us. I'm going to be honest. Right. Chad and them gave us frequent microaggressions. We were completely on alert 100% of the time, but I'm glad that everybody else was comfortable because that's what we were setting out to do, was make everybody else comfortable for our own safety. Y'all have a complete, you are completely misinformed about what this even is, and that's why. Y'all are just like, oh, he's doing good. Ain't nobody complaining. 
Right. Duh, complain. Because what happens is they complain. Yeah. <laughs> complain and get your ass fired. Beat up. Uh huh. Canceled. Mm-hmm. Doxed. With two X's. <laughs> no. No. Right. No. So y'all don't even really know what you're talking about. And they always look mm-hmm. so surprised. You mean people at my organization mm-hmm. don't feel safe? Mm-hmm. To discuss mm-hmm. racism and ethnic trauma. That's another thing. Stop asking your coworkers to talk about their trauma at work. I don't want to cry <sighs> on the clock with my colleagues. I just, that's not <laughs> what I had planned for the day. I never wanted to do that. But yeah, long tangent, but long story short, what do I want to see more of in these industries, in the fashion industry, in any writing industry, in these corporate industries? I want us to let Black people show up as their whole ass selves in these spaces Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. stop forcing us into these super tiny boxes of acceptance. Yes. Yes. So... Rolling off of that, um, let's end it out with, uh, I, so I don't know why I don't like using the word advice, but for whatever reason, I don't. Um, <laughs> I don't either, because like I a, just feel like when you give people advice, it's almost like a cop-out. People only ask me for advice when they know what they want to do, but they want to blame it on me if it goes poorly. <laughs> And, uh, oh, that's such a good I'm not jack- observation. <laughs> Girl. Or like, or they already know what they're supposed to do, but they don't yeah, want to. They just want you to sit. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Listen. Okay. So, so not that. That's not what. That's not what we want. <laughs> we want. We want some kind of positive note. Some kind of uh, uplifting thought pattern that you might want to gift to somebody who lives in a similar identity to you and wants to do the kind of things that you do. So like you, like 10 years ago. Right now, I'm really big on standing, just standing, like being really 10 toes down in who you are and what you've done. Like we've been talking a lot about external validation and I counsel anybody who is a black person, a woman person, a queer person, any any of those inter a poor person, any of those intersectionalities. To your own horn. Validate mm-hmm. your own self. Literally say everything to yourself that you are hoping to hear from the world and from other people. Say all of it to yourself. All of it. And it doesn't matter how big or how small. When as a person with chronic pain, it's like sometimes I want somebody to be like, yes, girl, look at you doing your chores. Despite the fact that your back is hurting, do you not have a mop in your hands? You got to gas yourself the way that you want the world to gas you. And it really, it doesn't even matter how small. Look at me cooking this. I'm cooking. I'm cooking this meal right now. I know. I know. We're going to be eating. We're going to be eating. You have to just love on yourself and pour into yourself and validate everything that you want the world to validate for you because there's going to come an inevitable moment where you don't get what you want from the world because that's how that thing is set up and you should still get it 
you still deserve to have it and you can give it to yourself and have that not be settling and have it not be some like, dang, the world wouldn't give it to me. So I'll settle for like this self pat on the back. If you get into the habit of really gassing yourself all the time, you will find that you just have more vroom vroom like you have more gas you have more get up and go you really should because I just I tell people jokingly all the time that my real full-time job is gassing black women and everything else is like a side hustle but like (laughs) I too am black women Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I am getting much better at at like really amping myself up and having positive self-talk And that is way more important than we give it credit for. And it's more than just like doing cheesy affirmations in the mirror. It's about leaning into when you are excited about something you've accomplished. It's about learning to take compliments from other people and saying, you know what? I do work out actually. Yes, I have uh, been doing my squats. Thank you for noticing. Okay. (laughs) I saved up for three months for this jacket and I'm glad that you think that it is beautiful. Take the compliment, understand and lean into all the ways that you continue to provide for and show up for yourself because it is important and validating it is a worthy thing to do. Yes. That's so wonderful. I think that's incredible. Not going to call it advice, advice. (laughs) gems that's what we that's what it gems. is gem a gem a gem so where can people follow you on the internet for more gems and for your book more gems you i'm on um instagram at the bethany nicole so that's my ig handle and the book is going to be at the affinity so that's the word the affinity guide.com and that's that's where all my things are but yeah if you're following me on instagram you'll have all the tea Yay, and I will hyperlink all of those things in the show notes so you can just go there right now and just click them. Click you don't them. even have to Google or search. Follow You're me, right baby. there. They're for you. Thank yeah. you, Valerie. This was so lovely. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Fashion for All. Please be sure to check our show notes for information and links to our guests and their work. Be sure to subscribe or follow us on your podcast platform of choice and leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. For more Smart Glamour goodness, you can head to smartglamour.com and follow us on Facebook at backslash smartglamour and Instagram at smart underscore glamour. Thanks.